Hey folks, Ty Cohen here, and we're back with another amazing interview. Uh, as you guys know, from week to week, I like to bring you, I think, some of the smartest, brightest people that you can learn from. People that not only I admire, but that I'm good friends with, people that I follow in the industry, and people that I trust to be able to bring to you so that you can kind of pick their brain and, and see how they think and then get results similar to what they're getting. So today I've got someone who um, I've known forever. I think, I think Sean, I was, th I was trying to think about this. Like how long have we kind of known each other? It's got to be at least a decade. That's what I thought. I mean, you know, we're old school soldiers in this industry and it's funny how we've all grown up. You know, we, we started off in uh, the same kind of pond and pool, and then we kind of evolved our businesses and done some amazing things over the years. Yep, and that's what I was thinking. It, it's got to be at least a decade. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a good friend of mine, Sean Donahoe, on, and we're going to talk about everything under the sun, including how do you scale your businesses. So regardless of what type of business you're in, right? Some of you guys are Kindle publishers. Some of you are just digital publishers in the traditional IM uh, space, right? Some of you may be uh, digital real estate property owners. You guys know I talk about digital real estate all the time, as well as um, the physical property. You guys know that I invest in physical property and my guest Sean does as well. So we might be able to jump into some of that also. Now, before we get started, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be uh, so tuned in into this thing that you take some actions. If you're not currently a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe. And I'm kind of going to bribe you to subscribe. So as you know, we always give away some pretty cool prizes. This week, we've got some uh, Apple AirPods. These are actually the pros. We have an Apple Watch, right? If you guys can see that, we actually just sent out three sets of the AirPods this week, and we sent out one of these bad boys. So we've got two MacBook Airs. We have this uh, space gray one, and then we've got a rose gold one. This is actually the same uh, laptop that I have. My wife thought it was kind of interesting, but I would get a rose gold color, but hey. You're not playing around. That's some pretty, that's some pretty decent damn swag there. There you go, there you go. And so, so there's four ways that you guys can enter to win, right? The first way is going and, and subscribing to the podcast. If you're listening to this on the podcast or to the YouTube channel, if you're watching me and Sean and our beautiful faces right now here on YouTube. The second way is go in and comment, all right? You learn by listening. I want you to listen to this conversation and comment as to what your biggest takeaways were, all right? Comment, comment, comment. Every time you comment, you'll be entered to win. But third way is to go in and like, whether you're watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, I should say, or watching the YouTube channel, go ahead and like this video. And then the fourth way is to share it. So now, with that said, I'm going to bring on the man of the hour, Mr. Sean Donahoe. Sean, you got started with internet marketing, if I'm not mistaken, in 1997. I kind of went back and-, and I was going to say, you went back in the archives to find that out. Yeah, I've been doing this a long number of years now, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like you didn't start out as this beast, right? This master of just being able to, to, to really get into different segments and different areas and really grow and, and explode because most people have a hard time mastering one area. But in, if I know about you, right? The one thing I do know is that you'll go into one pocket, you'll really research it, you'll understand it, and then you'll just like totally blow it out the water. Did you start out like that? Like, what was your background before getting involved with internet marketing? 
Well, I'll, I'll give you the, the down and dirty quick version. I came over here, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's been 1997 now. Uh, uh, when I started off in the UK, I started a consultancy business right out of school. Uh, I worked a few different jobs to fund business because I know I needed capital and stuff like that. So I started off coming out of school, uh, building computers. Okay. Uh, privately for individuals and then started for companies and then that turned and evolved into a consultancy company in the IT uh, industry for businesses and then when I came over here I uh, started basically just half you know half a suitcase but, uh, with everything by the time I liquidated everything had a few issues you know bankruptcy business issues shall we say uh that uh i won't go in well basically i found out i, I did a big contract leveraged the hell out of everything yep. found out that they wanted to back out of a contract and had a lot more lawyers than i could afford which means i lost everything it was right. reset so i sold everything off cleared all my uh debts uh had to file bankruptcy i lost everything and i said well screw this clean slate protocol. I came over to the United States, right. set up again. I couldn't take away what was in my head. Started again with the consultancy business, grew that, uh, worked with in, in Manhattan, Connecticut, Boston, and everything else. Uh, ended up consulting with some Fortune 500 companies with some very nice contacts I had made. And doing the IT side of things, this was really when the internet was really taking off. And all of these businesses were focused on what I call the Madison Avenue mindset, which is dancing monkeys on the screen, television. This whole internet thing is a fad. And this was right during the dot-com bubble. So while it was taking up, I was seeing the opportunity for really the next evolution of business. And I thought, well, why am I working for all these guys who are paying me pennies? I need to start getting me some of this. I need to start figuring out the technologies, the systems and the processes that are going to take this to the next level. So we started, uh, I met my uh, then uh, future wife, got a couple of, con you know, couple of co-related uh, jobs going because that's how I met my wife was she wanted someone who could program satellite uh, systems. Very cool, wow. C completely nerd thing, but if you've got OnStar in your vehicle, well, this was before OnStar. Yeah. And it was for tracking cargo, which you needed someone that, for a contract, for an online application, that could take all the data from that and put it on the screen. So, yeah, long story short, we got together. It was all cool. But we realized there's a lot of money in building websites and online applications and stuff like that. So we got into e-commerce. That's where I, uh, you know, e-commerce before it was cool. Right. And uh, before Amazon, uh, and we were building e-commerce websites, handling millions of products. We actually built a couple of Amazon competitors back in the day and got paid an absolute metric ton of money for it. And we were doing agencies before agencies were cool. We had no idea we'd started an agency. And we built up to a multi-million dollar company. And then from there, uh, funnily enough, a lot of the skills that I applied to other businesses and clients, we had 70 plus clients at one stage. Very cool. I realized very quickly that I'm being asked the same questions again and again. I'm being asked how to build businesses online again and again. And I've got all this wealth of knowledge and experience because I've been doing it 
for multi-million dollar companies and Fortune 500s and and what have you, that I got asked, can you teach us this? Can you teach our company how to do this? Can you do? So I started packaging up my knowledge, not knowing anything about building courses and programs. I'm just like, look, here's, here's what I do and pay me for doing it. And I realized I built it once and I could sell it again and again and again and again and again. And I could keep charging. Oh, I'll charge 47. I wonder if they'll pay 97. I wonder if they pay 499. I wonder if they'll pay five grand. I wonder if they'll pay 10 grand. And I started realizing it's like, holy crap, I'm onto something here. And along, you know, a couple of other things going on in the background, I ended up firing all of my clients. Yeah. Uh, I ended up basically at one stage burning out because I had 70 plus clients in a big business and I never slept, never saw my family. I'm like, screw this. What kind of life have I built for myself here? I, I've kind of, you know, got stuck in that whole hustle and grind BS that a lot of people talk about. Oh, yeah. And I realized I need some freedom. I need, I'm making all this money, but I've got no time to enjoy it. What the hell am I doing? So scrap that, fired 70 plus clients, millions of dollars in revenue gone, but I ended up with freedom. And now I could focus on something different, which is packaging up my knowledge, developing systems and teaching other people at scale and a much wider audience. And then basically gave myself my freedom back and 10x my revenue and kept doing it again and again. So allowed me to do a lot more with my free time. That's a beautiful thing. You know, you, you dropped so many jewels in just the last couple of minutes, guys. If you have not written down or taken note, there's so many lessons here, regardless of where you're at, right? So the fact that you were able to start with a clean slate, like, right, start all over, I think that is something that needs to be pinpointed there because a lot of people think that hey listen if i don't have the money if i don't have the resources or i've gone through a divorce or i've gone through bankruptcy that's it but sean you you know just as well as i do like look walt disney went through a mental breakdown multiple times right he went bankrupt multiple times some of the planet's most successful people have gone through like these hard trying times but as you said when it's exactly. up here they, they can't they, take they, it. They Every, everyone talks about, hey, you know, mistakes can crush you and experience, Yeah. you know, but here's the thing. Every mistake, every failure is a lesson. It's not a mistake. It's a lesson. It's experience. And experience doesn't come from success. It comes from the failures. It's the lessons and hard-won knowledge and education. And the one thing that got me here more than anything else is perseverance, determination, and pure tenacity. A lot of people will back off and, and take the hit and stay down on the mat. Yeah. But the secret of success is you, know, you can get knocked down nine times, get up 10. And every step you take, every effort you put into not only your business, but your life and where you want to be, you just don't let anything stop you. Sure, you can get knocked off course. Excuse my accented French, but shit happens. Yeah, man, it's this is a, this is an open show here, so we, we're gonna have some fun with some of the words here. Oh yeah, well, if <laughs> don't get me started, I'll go full uh, Shrek on you here. But uh, the yeah, at the end of the day, is you got to get up, you got to do it. And if you have enough determination to make your dreams and your goals come true, every step in the right direction is the right decision. If it takes you off course, then it might not be the right decision. And you know, I got knocked down, I got knocked down hard, but 
that allowed me the opportunity to redefine my future and create something new. And yeah, clean slate, difficult thing to do. It can be pretty scary sometimes, but you do what you can to get where you want to be. Yeah. You know, I I have, listen, you've made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? I can go on and on and on. And I've got the saying that is that hustle can't be taught, right? Determination, uh, desire, hustle can't be taught. How do you take the person that wants to build out a business? They might look at yourself, right? They may look at me and they think that this stuff comes easy, but it's because we've had the issues, right? We've had the bankruptcies. Maybe we've had problems with clients i've had you know hundreds of thousands of dollars locked up in merchant accounts and things like that that at the time i wanted to go and hide under a freaking house somewhere but i knew that i had to like push through how how do you get someone who doesn't have that that drive that hustle that determination to see that these are the things that they need or is it possible i'm gonna give you a secret i I actually uh taught this to my uh, my both my sons and this is a secret that I talk about in business. It was the, really the defining moment for me. Because like I said, it was a time when I had 70 plus clients yeah. and I realized I built myself into my own prison. I actually had a, med- I had a breakdown a little bit myself. Yeah. It wasn't in terms of a nervous breakdown, but what I did is I, I, I got out from behind my desk. It was 11 p.m. at night. It was a late night. I was exhausted. I got up, I took two steps and I collapsed. Bang, hit the deck. Wow. Uh, dehydration, adrenal fatigue that caused caused tachycardia, yeah, which if anyone knows, yeah, yeah, your heart's going a million miles an hour. You're almost like you're having a heart attack. But it was because of the uh, complete dehydration uh, and sudden change in blood pressure. I just hit the deck. They had to put me into a coma, uh, yeah. an induced coma for two days. I came out of that and recovered. I'm like, holy crap, that was a wake up call because I was hustling too hard. I was grinding too hard. And it took a little while to get over that, but I came to a very big realization and it was the pivotal point of my life and quite possibly the defining moment for my future was build the business around the life you want. Don't cram business around, oh, sorry, don't cram your life around the business you have. Yes. And a lot of people don't make, yeah, a lot of people talk about balance. Yeah. When you put new rules set, when you put a new constraint in, uh, look, this is the lifestyle I want. What do I have to do to make it happen? Because the secret of what we do, and we call it being unhustled, yeah. but we're not against hard work. We're more, and this is where I know Ty will agree with me. It's about working smarter, not harder. Yeah. So defining the life you want, what do you want in your lifestyle? Where do you want your freedom? Where do you, you want to take vacations? Well, we could travel again. Do you want uh, to have a certain, you know, house or uh, give to charities? What do you want to define as what make you happy or content? And then use those constraints to then define well, what business model fits around that. For me, for example, right behind me, I'm I'm a trader. I'm also an investor. Yeah. I work with uh, private equity companies. Uh, I have my money in different things. Well, guess what? The money I have in the markets, the money I have in investments, those are like my employees and they're working 24 seven to grow for me. And it takes, for my trading, it takes 30 minutes a day, 40 tops. That fits in with my lifestyle. I have other business interests. I have, you know, what I do in the marketing space and business space. Guess what? I have people working for me that 
I've managed to acquire over time and assets that are working for me. So I can be a manager working on my business, not stuck in my business. So, you know, with what uh, Ty teaches with uh, digital real estate, well, guess what? That digital real estate is working for you 24 seven, three, six, five. And what you're doing is helping it grow, helping it focus. If you, you know, if you're a, a digital publisher on Kindle and you've got these assets working for you out there, then you're not the one out there going door to door. Hey, please buy my product. Please buy my product. A lot of people hustle and grind like that. Yeah. What you're doing is working a lot smarter so you can create these virtual assets or digital assets or investments or what have you, but you can design your business around the life you want. And if you budget your time like you do, uh, like a business budget or a business plan, you can then create the the kind of like the, the we call it a trading rule set, but it really is a life rule set where I've got three hours a day I can dedicate to business and I've got all the rest of the time for me. Well, great, what do I wanna do? Three hours, focus that on doing tasks, doing this, doing that. And then, okay, I've got my me time. That's great, now I feel better. You, you, you enjoy life, you can focus on your relationships, you can focus on your kid, you can focus on like me playing guitar or nerding out. You can see some of the nerd gear behind me because I am a complete bloody nerd as everyone knows. Yeah, he's got a and, nice yeah. setup there. <laughs> All right, latest acquisition. I have to, yeah, there you go. Giant nice. Hey, I'm a Boba Fett guy, man. You should see some of the stuff. When I've I got a six-foot Boba Fett in my uh, in my VR studio through there. My wife bought me the full outfit uh -huh. uh, for, you know, for uh, going to, if I wanted to go to a Star Wars convention, which I said, well, that's great, but it was designed for a 175-pound guy, and I'm, I've got <laughs> right. about... 40 pounds to go okay but hey you know so he, he's set up in my other room over there and uh, looks imposing freaks people out when they walk in the house and like who the hell is that guy yeah, boba okay. fett is the badass man when i when i first saw star wars uh and i'm dating myself now <laughs> but way back in the day we'll say that i'm like that's the guy right there you know forget luke skywalker Darth vader's okay but that's the guy right there luke skywalker's a wimp i lean more <laughs> towards the set in fact okay i'm gonna i am gonna have to nerd out one more time uh it is on uh oh let's set. see what, is, what does he have over here what does he got sith lightsaber ah. <laughs> oh, i go. don't have the blade in it right now but i do have the sith lightsaber so yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I'm a complete nerd, but yeah, Boba Fett, badass. Mandalorian season two just came out. I'm not giving, I'm not getting sponsored plug, so that's what I'm going to be doing with my weekend. There you go. But th that's a beautiful thing because you and I share a few similarities, right? Listening to your story, um, like you, almost very similar. I I hustled like a madman. Uh, and this was before the whole evergreen webinar thing where you can go in and you can have your webinars run evergreen and you don't even have to be there. Dude, I was doing three or four webinars a day sometimes. Three or four a day. And you know, right, someone who has not done a webinar, they may think, oh, it's easy. You're just speaking into a mic. But if you do a webinar for two hours, three hours, it is exhausting. It is mentally exhausting, definitely. And, and uh, you know, one thing that Again, Ty, you may not know, but I actually have about, I think, one, two, three, four, about eight different evergreen webinars I'm running all the time. Now, again, if I had to do that manually, I'd be dead. You know, I, I used to do like you, two or three a day. And, oh, my God, it's exhausting because you're, 
you're putting so much energy into the presentation and stuff yes. like that. It, 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 it really does pull you, but and answering the, the questions and everything, dude, I was at the point where I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, right? But I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having a life, right? And I actually, <laughs> I have sickle cell anemia, something called sickle cell anemia I talk about all the time. And I actually ended up going in the hospital. Now, this was a, a, a pivotal point for me, Sean, like you. Uh, I ended up, I'm hustling, working. I ended up going in the hospital. I missed my son Tyler's 10th birthday, right? My, my wife is big on birthdays. So she does these milestones. She does these, she goes all out. So for his 10th birthday, I'm in the hospital. I'm laying in the hospital bed and they're calling me from my son's uh, birthday party. I'm like, this shit is never happening again. It's, I'm never going to miss one of my kids' birthday parties. Doesn't matter, the money's not worth it, the work, work is not worth it. I had to reevaluate everything that I was doing right then and at that moment. I took out my phone and I said, this was that, coincidentally, this, it was one of the first iPhones I had gotten. And I, I opened up the note section. I said, from now on, I will only work on the things that I want to work on when I want to work and with the people who I want to work with. Because as you know, when you're doing webinars, you have a lot of affiliate partners and some of them are not the nicest people. And, you know, it was just a pain in the ass. So that was a gift and a curse for me going in the hospital, but it totally changed my, my, my business. And that's when I got into, you know, creating a lifestyle business, something that allowed me to be around my kids. I got four kids and the family and, and just enjoying life. Like, dude, me and my wife, we woke up this morning and I looked at her and she says, well, she looked at me and she says, we're going to go vote early today. Right. So she says, we're going to go vote early today. I said, okay, we're, we're going to do that right after this podcast. Funnily enough, that's funny. <laughs> so we went in and did that. And then I'm like, let's go, let's go get breakfast. Right. And then we, we, we shot the shit for a while. Right. And money's still coming in. So what I want to talk to you about, I know that you are a master of outsourcing. You're, you're a master at leveraging other people's time. You're a master in a good way, right? You're a master at, um, systems. And that's one of the things that I talk about when it comes to Kindle publishing, when it comes to digital real estate, like you have to do the things that you're good at. And even some of the things that you're good at that you don't want to do, you still have to outsource that stuff. So can, can you talk about that? Like, what are your secrets to outsourcing and leveraging and systems? That's a great question. And it's one of the, one of the again, the foundations of why I am very successful is it's all about the process. Now, one of the things that a lot of people do is they overcomplicate the process. What we want is production line simple. Because when you keep it simple, when you've got a, a simple system that works, you can systematize, you can remove all of the uh, objections, you can remove all the roadblocks and barriers and complications. It's something you can then easily document and then give to someone else. Right. I'll use I'll use trading as an example. One of the things we do in trading is we want to remove, uh, again, uh, emotion. We want to remove subjectivity because we want it to make money. And it's the same in business as it is in trading and everything else I do is we want it to be step by step, do this, then this, if this, then that kind of simple. Right. With trading, we do it as Okay, if, if, if this, this, and this line up, the trade sets up, the trade goes on. 
we take all the emotion and subjectivity out of it and then no we attachment the markets yeah yeah and that is the same in business you have a product is it a product that's in demand great okay promote that product is it converting yes is it making more than you're spending on promotion yes well you have a profitable bit profitable business right. okay what's stopping you scaling that well is it your time okay then leverage someone else's time create automation and automation just so you think is not just software if i'm not doing it it's automated if i have an employee a virtual assistant or software or any sort of uh like software automation doing it great very good if yeah. i'm not doing it it's automated so i'll i'll either allocate a virtual assistant an employee on tasks they're very clear on what they have to do when i can systemize it i know that any one person can be removed and put someone else in place i can teach them that and they can be up and running very fast it's all recorded documented go prime example of this just in the last 24 hours yeah i was doing a training actually i was a little bit of i hired someone to learn a new skill with youtube marketing scenario i've done youtube marketing i've done videos i've got ads going but this person does them at a scale that would scare the crap out of zuckerberg wow and i'm um, and you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars a day he's spending on youtube ads so i'm like okay dude watch your secret and i paid him an absolute metric ton of money to do a consulting with him at scale to understand exactly what he's doing it was a lot of bribery but it worked and now he's given me an entire blueprint of how to do this now next week i'm taking two employees i'm going to then tell them okay this is what we're going to do is step 1 boom 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 and it's all uh, before i got on with Ty, I was documenting it out this is our plan right to do this record 20 videos next week we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this it's bullet pointed now i'm going to sit down with them we're going to do it together but when i'm confident and this is one thing for a lot of people when you're thinking about assistance or when you're starting a business it's too easy to micromanage and do everything yourself yes. wearing every hat like it's a badge of honor it's not it's your biggest hindrance to scale and success so learn to trust others give them the process or trust them to learn a process that you can live with that that produces results doesn't have to be 100% right like it doesn't it's not perfection never go for the a, you know the a plus certification c level work is the rule of 80/20 get most of the way there you'll get 80% of your results from 20% of the efforts focus on that 20% you don't have to like plan for world domination you plan for results and if the results are greater than the effort put in you have profit and from there you can scale up and refine so yeah. i mean just a quick sidebar and i know that was probably a really long answer no it was that really was beautiful customization mm -hmm. that, that that was beautiful because you could you touched on so many different points right and and i want to talk about like once we have a system in place then i want to go into scaling right because you've got it all right but going back for a second there's so many people and i was a victim of this right i don't know if you were a victim of this but before i was like no one's gonna do it as well as i can you know absolutely i'm the master absolutely. i can't have anyone else do it that was one of my first objections and then the first thing which i see so many people suffer from is i don't have the money to go in and hire someone 
full scale, right? I don't have, you know, what it's going to cost to hire someone full time. And I think that's the biggest misconception ever because a lot of the folks that are on my team, I only hire them as needed or for a few hours a week. You know, if I need them for a project that requires three or four hours, right? Boom, that's it. And I might pay them a hundred bucks for that week or 50 bucks for that week or whatever it may be. Now, there's other people on my team that, um, and as, as the companies have grown, I'm paying a lot more because their time is there. So how do you, how do you overcome that? Like those thoughts of, if it has to be done, I have to be the one doing it. You know, I was looking for the company real quick that we use. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Gen M. If you look them up, if, you, if you're wondering about how do I get someone, there is, uh, it's called Gen M. And what they do is they will actually give you a trained yep. college level intern for $49 a month. Jeez, there's no excuses. Yeah, I mean, you can get higher. I, I hire people from the Philippines, as an example. I can go to onlinejobs.ph. Yeah. I can put in and get 200 applicants for a $300 a month position, which is anywhere from 20 to 40 hours. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to hire for someone full time. You can hire them on demand. You can hire them on per project. There's plenty of people on Fiverr. E example, like, you know, we're doing this podcast here. I have a podcast in the trading space, funnily enough. One of the most popular podcasts in trading. But I have a guy on Fiverr who I sit down, just like we're doing here. And, you know, myself and my business partner are talking about the markets. He takes our entire podcast, edits it, gives it professional audio. He's got an entire studio, $40 a week. And you're just handing him the file, that's it. I, basically, as soon as we hit stop on the record, it goes to Dropbox. We set up a process for this, funnily enough. As soon as we finish, it go automatically goes to Dropbox. He picks it up. He knows it every week, what time it's going to be there. He then puts it into another system. Uh, you know, he does all his production, puts it into another system. As soon as it's in that folder, boom, it's distributed everywhere. It's done. And again, we set up the automations. We set up the systems, but all, all it costs me is $40 a week. And that entire system is fully automated. I don't even have to worry about it. All I have to do, just like we're doing here, is press record and then stop when I'm ready. And then all the rest of it is done. So you can get on-demand skill sets. You don't, and, and to talk to your point, which is very, very important, and I don't want to skim across this, you can't be the master at everything. Despite it being your baby, being a control freak, which I was, yeah, same and I wanted to micromanage everything, you should not have to learn every skill set required to run your business. You want to be focused on being a manager not the group you know basically not the the guy who's cranking in the engine house okay you want to be the guy who's the captain of the ship not the guy in the engine room stoking the fires yeah that's what a crew is for so go find people who have mastered the skill you need rather than half-assing it yourself and then fractionalizing your time uh jd rockefeller said this and it's really a very true statement i would rather have one percent of the revenue of a hundred people working than a hundred percent of one person you know it, it it's very very important to understand and when you can let go because this is the hard part for a lot of people is when you can let go of control and you can build the systems or the processes or get people to build those systems or processes for you 
and they can execute on them, guess what? You've now got a whole army of people that are profitable working for you, producing results. That profit could be just a result you want. It could be monetary, it could be time freedom, it could be anything. But if you're getting a return on that letting go, then that is as good as an investment. Yeah, it is. And that, and that, that time that you recapture is, is, is just unheard of, right? Because you can get, you can get more money back. You can't get the time, right? You can never get that. You can never recapture that time. Um, well, I it's remember. absolutely true. And your focus should be on where you do best. I mean, like right now, I work four or five hours a day. Okay. I'll work longer if I want to. And if I'm in the office for any extended period of time, but I work on average about four or five hours a day and I run 10 businesses. You see, and, and you see guys, the thing is though, most successful people that are in a position like that, where they've got multiple businesses, they don't have, they're not finding like this, this excess of an extra 40 hours a week, right? They've learned how to manage the hours that they have, but yet they're able to run three, four, five, ten 10, in your, your case, 10 businesses. And it's all through leveraging. It's all through automation. It's all through the systems, right? And being- Well, it's to- exactly what you teach uh, and talk your students about, which is assets. Yeah. I buy and acquire and build assets. And I want to take myself out of those assets so they can run without me. I buy businesses. I fund businesses. Uh, we do M&A and, and like growth capital and stuff like that. And I'm working right now on a, uh, funnily enough, it started off as a $5 million deal, could actually turn into a $100 million deal. Nice. And we're working on rolling up some businesses and things like that, but they don't need me. What they need is my vision, my skills, and my foresight but they don't need me to produce me money. Once they're set up and done and, and they're rolling, they pay me every month. And all I have to do is turn up once or twice a month just to make sure the ship is going in the right direction and that there's no need for a course correction. That is the same as digital. That's at big scale. I mean, we're talking five to $100 million companies. Right. But what for a lot of the people listening, you're doing that with your digital real estate. Yeah. That is an asset that should, once it's set up and running, is set and forget or just needs a push. Whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it on your behalf, or if you have a project manager, like I have, you know, with some of my companies, I have project managers and business managers. They're doing what I could be doing, which is being stuck in the engine room. I'm not, I'm the admiral of the fleet now because being the captain, that's great. But now I'm the admiral of a whole load of assets that are running 365 and that's why everyone listening to this should consider themselves as their goal is to have many assets doing and building revenue building up your kind of capital and allowing you the freedom to do more because what we talk about being unhustled is being able to do what you want when you want and have the resources time and money to actually do it and it's kind of very similar to what you were saying earlier on is it's the same kind of mantra but it allows you then to focus on what's more important. Yeah, and there's something about that freedom. You know, I, I remember just being able to go with uh, my kids on a field trip. Something as simple as being like the only dad on a field trip when there's other there's moms, right? And looking around and realizing like this is where it's at. Like this is one of those moments there. So now, so we, so we've talked about being able to put together the systems, right? Which I think that everyone should focus on building out the right systems regardless of if you're just starting with kindle publishing or online marketing or if you've got like a dry cleaners business right that's that's a brick and mortar business 
put together those systems. Rewind this, listen to some of the things that Sean has talked about. And at the end of this, I'm actually going to ask you uh, about a couple of your favorite books and resources and things like that as it relates to systems. Sure. I got a, I got a feeling that you've got some really good ones there. All right. I don't want to get to that yet, but we'll talk about that. So, and, and, and then once you've got those systems in place, the next thing is how do they scale this stuff? Because the systems are, I liken it to like McDonald's, right? You, you, you can take the guy who has the seventh grade education and you put him on a fry machine. You also take the guy who has the PhD, you put him on a fry machine. The fries come out the same, right? Regardless of who's who's working. So McDonald's has mastered systems and then they've mastered scale. So let's talk about that. What's next when it comes to scale? Well, there's all, I go through what I call the sculpt process. You can set up a system, any system in the world. You should constantly be looking for refinement. You should always be looking for efficiency. Now, I, I talk about the rule of 80-20. And I talk about, it's actually myself and my business partner came up with this, is what we call the 80-20 cubed. 80-20 cubed, gotcha. Now, this is finding the 80-20 of the 80-20 of the 80-20. And what you end up with is something like the the 4% of things that you do that's gonna get you 50% of your results. That is where you're ultra focused. It helps you really refine down. Now, in doing this, you really wanna look at your system is, okay, where are the roadblocks? Where are the inefficiencies? Where are the things that are stopping a scale? Is it price? Is it marketplace? Is it diversification? Where can we go next? Is the system simple enough to stand on its own two feet or does it require too many resources? And where are the limits? Uh, you know, have I got re, you know, limitless re revenue, limitless marketplace, limitless effort and time? So the thing is, always try and look with tomorrow in mind. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of the things we're doing is client acquisition. Now, client acquisition is a very broad, it, it's basically fancy name for lead generation. Right. But client acquisition, we're looking at that more for high ticket products. Anything that could be coaches, consultants, experts, any business that has a high ticket product or service. Okay, so where do we go? And where, where's our problem points before we start planning things out? Well, what market do we want to go into? Where are our audience going to be? What are their big challenges? So we can actually, one of the things to scale is really understanding where you want to go and then what's beyond that. So we usually talk about two things. Where am I right now? Where do I want to be in any business or project or what have you? And then if I get there, what's next? And by always looking at the what's next, I'm already three steps ahead in understanding what's going to stop me getting there. Right. Uh, prime example, you, I mean, just some of these charts behind me. What's to stop the stock market going up right now? What am I looking ahead for? And now right now we're in the election cycle uh, at the time of recording this. We also have a rise in COVID-19. So what are the things that are going to stop the market going up? Probably a little fear and uncertainty. But what happens when that fear and uncertainty or the nervousness and volatility, as we call it in the market space, what's going to happen when that stops? So I'm always asking those questions and those questions and those problems and, 
anticipating those problems allow me to plan in advance so that I can scale. We were talking about webinars earlier on. Okay, am I going to be limited? You know, if, if the subject of this one webinar is going into a limited pool of possible customers, I'm not going to scale very far. Yeah. If that pool is small, okay, then do I need to expand it to play in a bigger pool where there's new customers coming in all the time? This relates to uh, Kindle publishing as well. If I'm creating a Kindle asset that's talking about uh, the art and science of cat herding, it's going to be a very small market. You've got seven people that want that, right? Yeah, there's going to be a yeah. very small, very small group. Yeah. And, you know, uh, professional cat herders, I think, is a very limited industry. However, if I'm talking about uh, keto weight loss, yeah. and if I'm talking about the carnivore diet, which is something I've got into recently myself and, and lost a lot of weight with it, then, you know, that is, there's always going to be people who want to lose weight. They're you open it up to millions of people long term. Like I've got weight loss books that I published 11 years ago that are still making me money to this day. It's insane. And I'll tell you this, and, and probably you don't even know this, I haven't told you this, but uh, many, many years ago, uh, Ty told me, and I've got to say this has got to be at least eight years ago, right. uh, when Ty was telling me about Kindle publishing and everything else, I actually hired some people in the Philippines at scale to create a whole load of books. And one of them was a weight loss book, which is still selling today. I even I completely forgot about it. Every now and then, I haven't done it for years. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not going to say I'm a Kindle publishing expert in any way. I did it as an experiment. I, I hired a whole lot of writers for like two months. We knocked out about 12 books. Yeah. And th they are very small, very short. And they all go to an affiliate product that still exists, yeah. which amazes me. But I did put it through a redirect link. But it still makes me money today. And it was one of the weight loss ones that was only a 30-page basically elongated article you know in all you know, fairness but it was talking about uh what was called at that time the paleo diet yeah it was one of the things and we were focusing on that uh it was a fancy article that lasted 30 pages with big bold text and and went to an affiliate article it still sells today uh, I'm willing to guess that like those 12 books that you published, they weren't about subjects that you were passionate about or that you fell in love with, right? It I had no bloody idea about a single one of them. And I did that deliberately no because emotion. I didn't want to be personally committed to them. I wanted to be indifferent to them. Yeah. And, you know, and you don't remember this probably, but you sent me a whole metric F ton of DVDs back in the day. It was an entire box set of your training it's probably the original version of this this is this was an updated version here yeah but it was probably the other the, the it the was the red the red case were the ones that you sent me as a gift yep and i went through them all i'm like this dude's onto something here and so i gave it a shot what the hell and like i said i haven't looked at them for years i couldn't tell you the urls i'd have to go look up the names of them because i don't even remember them but they're still out there today making me money you know and it, it, as, as crazy it is I, I haven't had the you know the the wherewithal to go and pursue that in any greater depth but bloody works and you know what set and forget years ago i, I gotta say it's at least eight years now since that's, that's a beautiful around. thing but it goes back to not falling in love like not not having that emotional uh attachment to it right and i teach that 
in digital publishing, Kindle publishing is like, where's the money at? Like, it's okay if you're going to publish a couple of books around what you love, right? People, what, yeah, people talk about are turning your passion yeah. into profit. And I say bulk yeah. expletive on that one. Yeah. Because if you want to be an invest, that's great if you want to do one thing, because you're passionate usually about one thing. Yep. If you want to have a be an in the, the investor mindset is, where's the asset? Is it generating me a return on investment? That's it. I've got businesses that I have absolutely no interest. They're the most boring damn things on the planet. Trading is one of the most boring topics on the planet. But making money is not. But making money is not. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. You know, and trading should be boring. But if it's making money, that's all good for me. That's exactly what it is. It's the because what you can do with that money, that's where the passion is. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm having the most amount of fun doing the boringest damn thing ever, right? But it 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 helps with all of these other things that are extremely fun. So so you mentioned like looking towards tomorrow, right? Or 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 working with tomorrow in mind. I think that's brilliant. I think it's so simple. Why don't more people do that? Like why don't more people think about not only where do they want to go? Because that's where most of us are at. Like we're thinking about where do we want to go, but we seldom think about like what's next like what's after that why don't people think to that degree when it's so simple to do that's a great question i would have to say it's the investor mindset it, it's it's not so much we're very blinkered we're very short term and i was in this state as well is we're always worried about tomorrow okay uh what's going to be yeah okay what are we going to do this month to generate the rent or the mortgage what are we going to do today that's yeah. going to pay the bills or, hey, we're getting ready for Christmas. Oh, what are we going to do to do that? Or, oh, it's Halloween to, you know, tomorrow or it's Thanksgiving coming up. We're always looking at the short term. You know, a lot of people have been freaking out about 2020, which rightly so. Hey, it's been a kick in the unmentionables for yeah. a lot of people this year. A lot of businesses have struggled and everything else. But I'm like, well, OK, 2020's happened. Let's uh, let's assume the worst, plan accordingly. Let's plan for the best and plan accordingly. And what's 2021 and onwards? What's going to be on the other side of this? Where's the opportunity? And I think that is the question everyone should ask, is where is the opportunity? And what you can do, and it, it's, uh, it's a concept a lot of people haven't really heard of. They've heard of being stoic, but there's a, a concept called stoicism which is always looking for what could go wrong and plan accordingly. Now, it sounds very negative because everyone's like, oh, always be positive. But Stoics, they look at the positive and the negative and plan accordingly. So you don't get caught short, that you can plan for contingencies and then you can adapt and then take it to the wider scope. What a lot of people get caught with is they get caught in the negatives rather than anticipate them. Yes. And the problem is that creates a lot of fear and uncertainty and a lot of reactivity rather than planning ahead. So being reactive rather than proactive and not asking, okay, if this happens, where's the opportunity? That really can limit people and keep them in the quicksand. But when you think three steps ahead, or you cut, and this is a this is going to sound woo woo. It really isn't. But one I'm thing all about woo woo. 
<laughs> well, one thing that I do every day is I do a little exercise, a little 30 minute exercise. I sit in this chair, I'll probably crank on some music and I just think about the future. I think about, okay, if this happens, what if, and, th and this is what I call it, I call it my what if time. And I'll think about different scenarios. I'll think about different things. And if that comes to pass, what will I do? And I do this little kind of uh, putting myself, uh, and this is one thing I do is, is one, three, five. Right. What, what in a year, in three years, in five years. Now, what this does is it not only is it really is a thought exercise, but it makes you think about possibilities. And as you're focusing on that future, you'll start seeing the signs all around you that's pulling you towards that plan that you, even if it's a plan you haven't thought of in a couple of months, you'll start seeing the signs of opportunity. You'll start seeing the signs of, like for example, uh, Ty and I are going to be doing some training together for, you know, like this and for different audiences and things like that. But just in talking with Ty here, it's reminded me about the Kindle assets. And I've been meaning to write a couple of books of my own on topics, which again, this could then extend a conversation between myself and Ty about marketing with Amazon Kindle and what is the situation right now. So I'll probably have a, another conversation with Ty. But again, it was in the back of my head. It was one of those, what if I do a book? What if I do that in this industry? And then coincidentally, reconnected with Ty very recently, reminded me I've already got some Kindle assets. Hmm, maybe I should have a conversation. So it's one of those things that when the sign is there or the opportunity presents itself, it raises a little flag in the back of your head. It's already kind of pre-programmed to that future to say, ask the question, don't forget about it. Or what if, hmm. And then what happens is as you focus on those things, those opportunities become more probable. Or if, you know, a conversation between myself and Ty and he goes, well, this is the state of play. This is what the industry is doing. And it doesn't fit in with my plans. Then that tells me, okay, that idea I had, put it to the back burner, bring something that, that gives now capacity for something else. Right. So it's a great kind of mental sorting process and, and exercise, but that little 30 minute what if future pacing allows me to think about opportunities, ideas. It's like, kind of like a, a, a fine filter and sort ideas and opportunities. So you can focus on the one that's most likely to produce the future result you want. Yeah. And asking those questions, there's just something magical about asking questions, right? That opens up your mind. And that's, that's very much what you're doing with, with your morning routine that you have here, right? You're turning on the music to put you in this different state. Um, and I'll do that as well. If I wake up, like we always wake up, not all of, all of always, but some of us, we will wake up in the wrong state some mornings, which is very natural. And I'll, I'll turn on some music, right? I might turn on whatever it may be. But asking the questions that opens up your mind, I think that if you make a statement, right, you kind of close off the mind. But when you ask a question, you open up the mind. So, hey, Sean, this was amazing. I've got so many other questions that I want to ask you. I'm sure that the audience has a ton of other questions that they want to ask you. But I also want to be courteous of your time as well. Folks, we're going to have to get Sean back for part two. As he just mentioned, him and I are doing a special training together. It'll probably take place by the time this gets released. But if you guys want to go in and watch it, which I highly recommend you do, 
Number one, go over to Ty Cohen, T-Y-C-O-H-E-N.com forward slash Sean, S-E-A-N. All right, for, Sean, I do have your name spelled right, right? Yes, you do. Yeah, you're right. good. So tycohen.com forward slash Sean, S-E-A-N. I, I know like so many Sean's and everyone spells it differently. Absolutely. So, but folks, watch this training and, I'll, and I'll, I'll give Sean a couple of seconds to kind of explain what the training is about because I want you to hear about the beauty of this directly from his mouth. We're going to make this available for a while, but not forever. So tycohen.com forward slash Sean. Um, and then here's the other thing. Don't forget about the amazing prizes that you guys can win. I'm not going to lug all of this stuff out, but we've got thousands and thousands of dollars worth of Apple gear that you can win as well as some cool Amazon gift cards that I actually forgot to mention at the very beginning. But we've got some gift cards and denominations of $25 to $500 that you can win by going in and subscribing to the podcast or YouTube channel by commenting on this interview. He just shared so much about scaling, about mindset, about having brass balls when it comes to pricing. We didn't even talk about that, right? But he went from like $47 to 97 and he's like, that. will someone pay, you know, 5,000 and 10,000? So that alone is another entire interview. So if you want me to bring Sean back, go in, comment, Sean, S-E-A-N. As a matter of fact, let's make it fun comment more sean right remember the old uh commercial back in the day more park sausages mom or whatever it was more sean comment more sean we'll get sean back for part two sean let's talk about the special training that you and i are doing together um sure. next week right so yes uh, absolutely it's, well, we're it's gonna next have a week as of this recording but it will be live by the time this interview hits so tycoon.com forward slash sean go ahead Okay, so yeah, what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing one of my systems to create a six-figure business uh, selling high-ticket services where it's all done for you. See, one of the things that we do is we have a very powerful team that build, like, uh, like we talked about here, that has a system that gets me clients all day long. Well, there's so many businesses right now that are struggling, especially with all this COVID stuff and uncertainty in the markets. Businesses that need customers, they need leads. So what we're going to show you is a three-step blueprint for creating instantly a high-ticket product that you can sell and you only need four clients to have a six-figure business. So we're going to show you basically if you want to, if you want to create a real online business in what we call an unhustled method, which means, again, being able to do what you do or what you want, when you want, and have the resources, time and money to yeah. do it. I'm gonna show you how we do that with our private clients, how you can create a six-figure business by providing services and have someone else do all the hard work for you. We'll also show you how to do it yourself so, because uh, that's maximum profit, but how you can then scale that to a half million dollar a year business or beyond, including we'll even show you how to turn it into a seven-figure business. Basically, you scale it wherever you want to do it but it's also an opportunity to partner with me in a very special pilot program that we're putting together that I'm opening up just for Ty here. Uh, we're taking a few people under our wing and showing them exactly step by step, click by click, how to create a virtual agency selling high ticket services to businesses that can actually afford it and how you can create, like I said, a six figure business online 
and have pretty much someone else do all the hard work for you. Yeah, guys, you're gonna love this, all right? Sean is a man of, of, of honor. He's someone who knows his stuff, as I'm sure you can tell by, the, by just watching this interview here. You know, one of the things that I don't talk about much, Sean, um, because I like to have Kindle Cashflow be the main thing, but I also have a high ticket coaching program. I actually have two of them. And just from one of them, right? I generate no less than $100,000 a month. Now, I, re I usually don't put those figures out there because a lot of people, uh, because of mental things and, and other stuff that we're dealing with, don't believe that those numbers are possible. But folks, listen, what Sean is going to share with you with high ticket marketing, having a high ticket service is something that I recommend everyone do. When I put together my high ticket programs, I had to learn everything from the bottom, right? I had to put it all in place myself. I didn't have someone like Sean who already has the systems, who has the plans in place and who, who's basically giving you this, right? So take a look at it. Go over to tycoin.com forward slash Sean. Uh, look at it with an open mind, no judgment. And if you really want to make something happen in your life at the next level, this is an opportunity for you to get in. Sean, with that said, this was great. I appreciate having you. Uh, we've got to definitely do this again. And I look forward to our, our uh, webinar next week. Absolutely. Yeah, guys. And just one last thing is this is high ticket recurring revenue. Sell it once, get paid again and again. We'll even show you how to create high ticket affiliate commissions in a very, very unique way, uh, including getting paid a thousand dollars a month just for one sale. There you go. Recurring, my favorite word, guys. <laughs> I thought it I, might I, be. <laughs> that is my favorite word, right? Creates a lot of jealousy between me and my wife because her name is Melida. She thinks Melida should be my favorite word, but recurring is my favorite word. And then when you add high ticket to it, it becomes explosive. So go ahead, take a look. Tycoon.com forward slash Sean. Sean, this was amazing, my brother. I can't wait to get you back and I can't wait to uh, to jump into our training next time. Absolutely week. appreciate it. And again, hope you guys have uh, really learned something or got some insights from this and you've got a notepad full of ideas.